welcome to Genuine Conversations. I'm so excited to speak to our guests today. I would love to introduce everyone to Linda Vetris Nichols. Welcome, Linda. Thank you, Jennifer. It's so great to be on your show. Oh, I'm really looking forward to sharing a genuine conversation today. They're always special. <laughs> right? And I love your first slide mm. where you say, walk at the level of your soul. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, where do you begin, right? <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's so yummy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not even sure I can clue into where that all really started. Um, probably the best place to start is with the book, um, by Eckhart Tolle, uh, The New Earth. And it, he talks about the pain body and the ego. And from that, I was thinking about how um, when there's trauma, we leave our bodies. What does that really mean, right? And, mm -hmm. and I actually had a client who had two open heart surgeries at age four. And during the second one, she was not completely under. She's sort of between worlds. And she was saying that um, it was like her light body lifted out of her, was facing her, then it was attached by a core, you know, belly button to belly button. And mm -hmm. then she just at one point turned over and just kind of floated up and around. And she said there were these like gold bubbles and she knew who everybody was and I got to thinking man that's like the orbs you know that mm -hmm. they talk about especially at Mount Shasta or whatever and it took me back to like the bible and the book of life and everything about us is there right so mm -hmm. uh, the idea of walk at the level of your soul is like staying out of ego and staying out of pain body and pain body is like all of the um all of the ancestral memories you have, all of your memories, um, the collective, mm -hmm. you know, memories of everybody past mm -hmm. and present, right? It's, yes. It's painful memories, though. And then the ego is, you know, what thinks for us in the future and uh, warns us. And ego is a little bit more like a child, though. And pain body is more like the younger sibling of the ego. And so what happens Ooh. if, you know, your ego goes off and you're not going like, thank you, right? And considering what it's saying, and you just go into pushing it away, um, it's going to keep at you. And it's actually going to go over and recruit the memories from the pain body. Pain body is kind of like this eternal library, right? And it's going to pull a few memories for you um, to get you crying, to get you scared, to get you worried. So that's why I always say it's best to just thank the ego. Then the ego's done its job and it doesn't go over and recruit that younger sibling and get it crying. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? So if you think mm -hmm. of the pain body on the left and the ego on the right and the soul mm -hmm. in the center, and we do float around outside of our bodies, people do astral travel or whatever. And we do leave our bodies, especially when it comes to trauma. So bringing our soul down all the way down into what they call the second chakra, like our abdomen area. Mm -hmm. And that's the area that even in uh, like, if you have a physical trainer, they're all about your core, building up your core, right? 
So mm -hmm. the core as a human is an important place. And bringing your soul all the way down into that second chakra where, you know, your intuition actually comes from, right? We get these gut reactions, right? Or you just mm -hmm. doing your gut, right? We're always talking that way. So bringing yes. your soul into that area is what I call becoming fully embodied. Mm -hmm. And that is the place of power. And so when you walk through this world, through your life, from that place of power that's what i mean when i say walk at the level of your soul mm, wow linda i loved hearing more about the ego and about um thanking the ego that is amazing i i know um right it's yeah. uh i never heard of that until i shared some conversations with you and it's definitely made a difference in my life as well and, uh, and I love using our intuition uh, to guide us. I know that whenever I don't use my intuition, that's when, that's when I usually have to go back and correct what mm. I, uh, the choices that I, that I made. Interesting. Yeah. And mm. you have real, a really keen intuition. I love your intuition. And yet in your book, you wrote about how um, you, you didn't even listen to your son's intuition, right? Oh, he's too young, right? The kids, yes. they know, they really do. And you guys got caught in a storm because his intuition was going off and the adults were like, yeah, no. <laughs> right? And since that incident, I changed my mind. I decided. <laughs> he's not so and His intuition off. is accurate <laughs> and that I can and that he does know himself at the soul level when he is trying to relay that message to me. Yeah. I love it. Right. Yeah. Oh, I just love your story of transformation, Linda. And, uh, and now I'd love to hear more about dark night of the soul. That sounds really interesting. Can you tell me more? Absolutely. So we come into this world from the light. Uh, I don't know if you remember the movie under the Tuscan sun, but her friend has a baby in Italy in the hospital and, and she, the star has um, the baby in her arms and she walks over to the window and she rolls open the window and she brings the baby to the light. And that's because we are from the light, right? So it sounds like it's kind of like a ritual there. It was really a cool part of the movie. And so Ooh. we come in all knowing and the kids are staying awake, which I just really appreciate. I mean, just chatted up with a millennial. They're really awake, right? They really, yeah. um, they haven't forgotten as much as the rest of us. And, you know, that's even coming from how we're raising our kids and, you know, the, the freedoms that we're allowing them to have. Um, we, we keep them more connected to the divine, if you will. And so, mm. right. And so the typical though, especially my era, I'm almost 65, right. Um, it was like spanking, you know, and spanking with a spoon or whatever. And um, yeah, we're just raising them different. So we, we yes. come from the light and what, we come on what I call stage three. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then our parents tend to put filters on us. Like if your mom's afraid of spiders and she's like, <gasps> every time there's a spider, you're going to go one of two ways. You're going to either be super afraid of spiders or even like more afraid than your mom is, or you're going to be like the hero and go kill the spider and, you know, conquer the spider. 
or whatever. That's those are the two extremes. And so when we get these filters placed on us, um, they they really hold us back and it's how we view the world. We'll probably get into that later. And so then um, we're also told, especially as girls, we're told to be a nice girl, right? Mm, <laughs> and we get, yes. right? We get so nice that that intuition, right? That you didn't even realize your son had because we come into this world all knowing, right? Um, so our intuition is very keen and we, we lose that. We, um, we cover it over with the filters, if you will. It, it's just not working as well. And so now we're supposed to be so nice that now we don't even recognize a predator and we're easily taken advantage of. Um, so just think of like Cinderella, right? She, mm -hmm. she uh, um, what's another one, another story where we just don't recognize the predator. Can you, can you think of, she didn't recognize the stepmother as a predator. She was always mm -hmm. trying to please her, all the people pleasing. Can you think of, Mm, right <laughs> where, they, where a girl falls vulnerable to the predator is any movie grab oh, nothing's coming up for me of course right <laughs> so, now I was there's a million movies they're all based on that right, right? and we can't <laughs> think of one right now um whatever mm -hmm. okay and so so then um after we've encountered a predator we become a predator so a lot of times kids who were abused become abusers um and so then we get, so that's kind of like, we go from stage three to stage one and which sounds weird. Anyways, so stage one's like stage of the predator. And then we become a predator ourselves. And then we just like do this, right? Blaming other people. And so we get on what's I call stage two and we're now not owning our shit we're blaming other people for anything that's really us. The thing is, when you're pointing fingers at other people, there's three more fingers pointing back at you, right? Mm, so true. Yeah. And then from that stage, we move on in our <laughs> journey back to ourselves and we start to own our shit. And we, do, we take that really seriously and we allow it to become a burden and then it's like, well, this is too much. So we numb it out with addictions. Uh, sometimes we just, it's so overwhelming. We just want to leave and we're dealing with suicide ideation and even suicide happens during what I call the dark night of the soul. It's that stage between the stage of blaming everybody else, waking up to the fact it's you own your own shit. And that's a place of giving up. So... I used to help women, guide women out of the dark night of the soul. And now I actually guide them to avoid it and to get them in touch with who they really are and stepping into their full power. So from the dark night of the soul, <laughs> those who make it out, right? <laughs> from the dark night of the soul, we're back on stage three where we came from. Now, this is really interesting. So if we pretend this is the stage and we come in from the light, right? And there's a piece of paper here and there's holes in the paper. 
And then here's the circle, the human journey, right? So we go to stage one and stage two and then dark night of the soul. And now we're ready to step up on three. Mm -hmm. All that light is hitting that paper with the holes in it. And on this side, the light is streaming kind of like spotlights, right? So there you are standing in the spotlight of everybody saying, Jennifer, what do you remember? Right? Because the human journey is the falling asleep and the waking up. And guess what? What? That's what people will pay for. They will pay you to figure, to help them figure out, like they figure themselves out really though. They will pay you to find out what it is that you remember. Mm. You remember. Cool. So cool. Linda. Tell me more. (laughs) Right. Right? (laughs) So you have stay out of duality. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Well, I work a lot with, um, you know, kind of in that more area of mental health. And when I work with my husband, I'm a book in 30 days coach. That's what I do on my own. And then my husband has figured out a process to take people through. um, And we further developed it. And that process actually um, can pull people out of PTSD, complex PTSD, post-traumatic stress. And, um, you know, so I get a lot of clients who are uh, dealing with even some very serious health or mental health issues. His his first client was a a woman um, who had been hospitalized um, Mm. several times for schizophrenia even. So (laughs) I can take somebody who's just like waking back up to themselves through our process or all the way to that type of an extreme, which has been really interesting because I'm the one who kind of does the research and takes the copious notes. My background is special education. So I've got like 30 plus years in special ed. I'm trained in infant reflex integration. And I know how that even affects us all the way into our senior years and then also neurodevelopment. So it has been such a fun, um, even privilege to, to join him in that work. And so the number one thing I noticed and having good mental health is the idea of staying out of duality. So duality is like, oh, this is good. and This is bad. This is right. And this is wrong. Right. And yes. instead of being in that judging place and labeling place, like special ed, right? Labels get you services. Well, there's a lot of cool kid under that label, <laughs> So Mm. labels can be like really ugly, right? And even the label of like, um, oh, he has ADHD, she has autism or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you say the word with, a child with ADHD, a child with autism. um, Changes it? Well, I worked biochemically pulling kids out of those labels. I, you know, held hands with parents and because I did that with my own kids even. And so, yeah, I'm getting off track here. Back to duality and the labeling. You can live that way or you can just notice and just be okay with it and accept it as this is what is and then make a decision to change whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And and I know we've had lots of conversations, Jen, and you've, Mm -hmm shattered your mindset right and so um that was very much part of what you were dealing with and in breaking and shattering 
um, your old beliefs, you were actually stepping out of duality and accepting things as is, and then moving forward, choosing what you wanted to do different, right? Yes, it was such a wonderful teaching. Mm. Yeah, very cool. All right. And we already talked about thank the ego. Ugh, yes. It's so huge though. Really? You it know, and is. it is, it gets you right. It's yes, it out of nowhere. And typically we want to give the ego attention. And mm. so to merely thank the ego and allow it to exist while still going, taking action um, is just a bit of a mind bend there. <laughs> Um, but I have found that staying out of duality and thanking the ego has really helped me move forward in my life. Mm. And so when you say the pain body is eternal, can you, can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. Cause like I described it as that library, right? And mm. so it's, it's a place that the ego goes and can access memories and because it's ancestral pain, and it's collective pain, like everybody who is alive and who has ever lived, all that is housed there. So that's why I talk about it as eternal, right? Mm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to keep growing into the future and it's, and, you know, it's got its infinity past as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And yeah. um, there's so much healing to be done at that level. Because um, as you mentioned, all that past trauma or generational stories that that we have about ourselves. And uh, yeah, I really I love what you had to say about that. Yeah, that's a good point about the healing because there's mm -hmm. nothing to heal at the level of the soul. Mm. And so the pain body isn't something that you heal. Does that make sense? Mm, say more about like, that. You, well, do you go into a library and heal the books? <laughs> no. No, they're just there. It just is, right? Somebody, mm -hmm. it's a fact, Jack, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like it's choosing to live over there, to mm -hmm. live in that library, or not. Right. And when you're at the level of your soul, and something does come up, say. A memory or whatever it's going to come up in a place of healthy detachment it's not going to come up and overwhelm you it's not going to come up and trigger you when you're walking mm. at the level of your soul mm. yes i i find it becomes more of a curiosity than a judgment exactly and then you can kind of do that self-coaching that drilling down like oh well hello you know <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Ocean that comes up and you're not in healthy detachment right you can mm -hmm. you can still do that like if, if you get say you get triggered and it it's just like you know and it's mm -hmm. like then it's just wait a minute because you're not at the level of your soul if something grabs you and triggers you you're you're not at the level of the soul right mm -hmm. and it's then you can be like oh, hello you know and boom you're right in yeah. healthy detachment such an awakening like you yeah. mentioned yeah and, so uh, where did you come from mm -hmm. um, you know and then you can do the drill down and figure out what the pattern is you know what the attachment you know we get benefits from um things that don't serve us right mm -hmm. yes <laughs> what's the benefit 
if you say to somebody, well, what's the benefit of being overweight? I don't want to be overweight. And it's like, okay, well, like this one gal, um, her, I'm pretty sure you've heard this story. Her dad um, worked a lot. And so she and her brother were allowed to go visit dad at the office, you know, and then dad took them over to the donut shop and then they had a donut. And then when they were done, he would say, would you like another one? And they learned to say yes, because as soon as they said no, dad went back to work. Mm, So food was connected to love, was connected to dad, was connected to, I don't know if the word would be abandonment, but, you know, loss of father image, you know, that disconnection with father, which is connected to depression. And she tried every weight loss program under the sun. And they never worked because mm. she didn't know what the connection was and what the pattern was. Ooh, that's so good, Linda. That's a good one, isn't it? It yeah. sure is. And I love the whole awakening that you're talking about and getting out of that duality. There's, it's such a sense of freedom as well. <laughs>